Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Then What's 355. I am very happy to welcome Stacy Shulman, Vice President in the Internet of Things Group and serves as Chief Innovation Officer focused on retail, banking, hospitality, and education sectors at Intel Corporation. And I'm really happy to welcome Vance Garrett, experiential producer at Thenwet and founder of Vance Garrett Productions. So we are here today to discuss the topic, when the world has disrupted live experience and events have been canceled, then what? Together we came as a team, Intel and then what, during a very, very different time. In 2019, when experiential retail was the current corporate buzzword, an investment in live events was a prioritized line item. Today, experiential is less understood than ever as live events have moved to the digital world. We know a different future lies ahead. So our first question to discuss today is how would you describe the current state of the experience economy and is experience still relevant? The state of experience, of course, is changing fast and furiously. So I'd say most simply it's in transition. Uh, more so, I'd like to say, I am saying, it's a really exciting time. I mean, experience is never going anywhere. Experience has been around for as long as humans have had bodies. The way that we've understood experiential, I think is slipping away and changing. If you would have thought experiential is someone standing in front of a backdrop for an Instagram post in a pool of sprinkles or in a large group, that's probably not going to be the state of experiential going forward, but it's giving us uh, this moment when everyone's saying everything's falling apart. I don't know if it's falling apart so much as giving us a chance to see how it's going to fall back together. We watered down the term experiential as an industry, I think, and that we turned experiential into something that became defined as a, a digital sign. It became defined as um, a gimmick. Um, in, in some places or a, a one-off in, in other places. And to me, experiential is really about that community, that sense of connectivity, that emotional um, reaction that you get when you walk into a store. And to me, um, redefining experiential is really about redefining um, what a merchant does and, and how they do their job, um, how they bring their products to life in, in a storytelling way and how they, they take the product and create a connection with the product um, with, the, with their customer. And so I, I think that you know, that is going to be more important now than ever. And retailers who aren't creating that kind of connection, who aren't creating that kind of environment for their customers to shop in are going to be severely disadvantaged in kind of the new retail economy. Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about emotion, right, as being the center point. The analytics have really taken over and potentially put the emotional or the art side of the business, which includes a lot of storytelling, you know, by the wayside. So is how would you say, like, emotion is being captured and moved forward today? I think we're learning that we were getting diminishing returns from the old way, 
So I feel what's happening is we're creating more space right now to play. Experience or emotion uh, requires the body to move. It requires the body to play. It requires you to have a sense of wonder when you walk into an environment. And when it's just the same old thing time and time and time again, you don't really have an emotional connection to that. I feel like we have room to remember that we are these corporal beings that have senses that facilitate emotions. And I'm hoping that retailers and theater makers and live event producers remember that they're dealing with humans, not just data. And Stacy, from a technical standpoint, I think most people would say technology is, is the answer in a lot of this, but you've always said there's a little bit of a balance there, right? Yeah, there has to be a balance. And I think we've over-indexed in a lot of ways on um, analytics and measuring. You know, there has to be a balance between what Intel we're going through, this transformation called the head and the heart. So we've, we've got really far with wanting to measure everything and understand it and put new systems and processes in place around what we measured on the analytics side. But what we do with that information is where we need to start putting the heart back into the equation. So once we understand our consumer, once we understand our product lines, how do we take that understanding and create um, a better scenario for the consumer and a better product? And so that side of things, I think, is where we really need to start putting more focus on. And, and it doesn't mean that we need to stop focusing on measurement and stop focusing on analytics and all of those great foundational technologies that are there, but that now we need to really start getting the value out of those investments and using them in ways that will um, improve the, the consumer journey or improve our product lines or improve um, the, the work environment for our employees as well. Together, we've collectively built a methodology of creating experience through the learnings of theater and brand. And it's that, that great kind of hybrid approach, I think, that we found a few real ahas that, um, that I think can be unlocks for a lot of CEOs, for brands, for IP creators that are really driving into creating experience. So as we define experience, what are the main principles that define the future? The future of experience does take into mind the head and the heart. As you may know, there's a term I love called entrainment in which oscillating bodies give up their differences and frequencies to match one another. I think the future of experience is gonna see those two things matching one another. So if we've over-indexed on the tech side or the analytical side, I see the heart level, the body level, the human component. I see us playing to that quite a bit. I do see some things changing in the short term. Uh, I think uh, scale of experience is changing. The units in which we experience the world might be with two people, three people, or four people in the short near future. I think the, the future belongs to those people who can let go of the old way of being and, and embrace the right here, right now, and the future. Yeah, I think that it's important when you're starting to talk about experiential and you're starting to talk about things on the softer side, um, and, and you're talking to people who have historically been focused on process and financials and measurement, that you give um, that community uh, uh, an easy pathway into that topic. And so you can't just go to a retail community and say, okay, do experiential. And when you do that, you end up with gimmicks, you end up with flower walls, 
that, you know, get old really quick. When we look at software development as an example, there's a clear methodology for software development and you understand the, the way it progresses. You understand the maturity path for it. You understand the quality pathways for it. But such a thing never existed for experiential. One, what is experiential? Two, what are the outcomes? Three, how do you measure those outcomes? And four, what's the process? You need a better um, roadmap, if you will, a better guidebook. And so that's what I love about the work that we've done together is defining that, that roadmap and positioning it in a metaphor that's understandable. And Vance, you really, I mean, what I've learned is, and I think because you've created so many experiences and that have also generated business behind it. But the first thing that you always start with is the emphasis on the story and really putting that amount of work on that story up front and writing the script, which I think is people, that's also where potentially the least amount of the overall budget is spent, but it's actually the most important. And I think that was a, that's a big understanding for people kind of going into this unknowingly. Yeah, it's 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 one of the secrets of the experiential economy is that there's a bunch of self-described theater nerds behind the scene making it happen. And if you can tell the right story at the right time, audiences will show up and they will need to, they will desire to, they will want to be a part of that story. That's the secret right there. So create space to tell those stories and invest in those storytellers, whether it's a writer, a technologist, or some other creative. And the world will be your oyster, I believe. Yeah, and I feel like we're really switching back to the importance of creative and innovation. And the more CEOs and, and uh, leaders that I talk to really do feel that are the ones that are really looking into where they place their bets from talent or for investment. The third, you know, the third question is smart investors and leaders are navigating today's reality while still investing in that future. So where do you see the investments and bets being placed that will define the future? And for Intel, why is Intel participating in this conversation? The investments, the wise investments are going into the creatives. And again, it can be the storytellers, it can be the designers, um, it can be the technologists, and it should be the technologists. There's a great place for technology in the theater of retail or the experiential economy. Just like theater, great theater needs great lighting, it needs great scenic, um, it needs a great marketing campaign, it needs all those things that aren't just the actors on the stage. Technology can be all of those things in this experiential economy. It's making sure that you place it right in that world that doesn't um, make it feel like a gimmick. And, and we've been talking about this for about a year now, and, and I think it's, it's accelerated in a lot of ways, is that retailers are kind of being pulled by two forces. We've got retailers that, you know, in, in a post-COVID world and in, in the world we were in pre-COVID, is you've also have this set of retailers that are being pulled by experiential. They're a retailer that really um, um, provides lifestyle type items. And those type of items, when a shopper's gonna go in, they really want a different type of experience that's authentic to the brand that's providing that experience. So it could be defined by that brand. And so we, we saw that world splitting in, in the retail community. And at Intel, we, we had been focusing more on how do we, um, enable that hyper-convenient retailer uh, because that's an area that we're very comfortable with. Um, how to automate, we're, we're very comfortable in that space. 
But when we looked at it and said, okay, we are only as a company servicing a, a portion of the retail community. How do we service the other part of the retail community with um, our enablement um, solutions? We had to we had to look at okay, there's this whole world of experiential that is tech people we were not comfortable with. Um, it's not what we knew, and so we we really started forcing ourselves into the dialogue of how do we learn about this space and how do we um, help? And and we had to come to grips with the fact that as a tech company, we're probably not the best at understanding what experiential looks like, and but we're really good at partnering with people. Mm -hmm. And so that's what led us into a partnership with people who, who do know experiential and do know how to deliver it. I think what came out of that was that shared discussion that everyone in their own individual silo understands our world very well. How do you share best practices and knowledge across that really creates the new, um, you know, the new future? Because Vance, you have, you're really creating theater, but high volume interactive theater, so to speak, that creates a revenue stream, right? And those, that's, that's, that's like speaks to one set of investors. Whereas when you go into a brand, you know, they're looking for something that is still has that emotional connection, but something that's more manageable and that can be scaled across, a, you know, a major store fleet, for instance. So, and usually those true worlds don't really connect or talk to each other. Yeah, usually they don't, but that's the exciting part of this conversation. They finally are after all the many eons of experiential entertainment um, and the evolution of technology. It's like, wow, this is finally the moment when they're coming together. And coming from the side, the theater side, which had been so analog for so long, um, we've been waiting for that magic moment when the digital and the analog come together to create an experience that we've never seen before as humans, as social beings. Going back to your first question, um, you know, the state of the world uh, for experiential, I, I, again, I think that this is, to use the theater term, this is just intermission. We're just taking a break and we're putting away act one and we're getting ready for act two. And I think it's going to be even better than anything we've seen before. Last thing I'll say is, We've been talking a lot about transaction. Um, this is our moment for transformation. And we know that all people are desperate for transformation right now. Well, thank you, Stacy and Vance, for the exchange of ideas and for sharing your points of view. Um, everyone can look forward to our, our extended thought leadership paper on the topic alongside this webcast post. So thanks for your time engaging today. And thank you from Then What? Thanks Thank so you much. Guys. It's been a pleasure.